Happy New Year, Secret Squad. It's officially 2020. Can you believe it? And what better way to kick off the year than with another episode of I've Got a Secret. This episode comes at what I think is the perfect time. The new year is all about creating a fresh start and manifesting the life that you want. And I have two women that will help you with both. First, I have Lisa Adams. She is a professional organizer. Now, how cool is that? And I'm talking closets, offices, garages, kitchens, you name it. She is the founder of LA Closet Design, which creates customized spaces that add real value to the home. She's going to teach us all about creating a fresh, clean, stress-free environment for yourself. New year, new you. Also with me is Cheryl Hunter. Cheryl is an esteemed life coach and a two-time best-selling author. Her work as a life coach started after she was abducted as a teenager in Europe and left for dead. She has also created four TED Talks, and Forbes magazine named Cheryl one of their top four favorite TED speakers. Cheryl is going to help us turn setbacks into success, harness the power of gratitude, and create the life that you want to live in 2020. So thank you both for being here, and Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year Thank to you. you. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> well, I'm thrilled. First of all, let me just say this. I'm thrilled to start out the new year with the two of you in this topic, because I think, like I said earlier, there's nothing better than getting your life organized, getting your life put in a direction that is an, a positive, happy, organized life. And the name of this podcast today is The Secret to a Fresh Start. And I think it's the perfect time mm -hmm. since we're starting our new year, 2020. And there's just something so positive and exciting about a new year, a new start. But when you say 2020, doesn't that kind of give you like a positive boost, just knowing that we've started this new year and it's 2020? I don't know. There's just something about it. We recently did a podcast on numbers, mm -hmm. numerology and such. And when she was here, Glennis McCants is the numerologist that we had on. I love her. I think she's brilliant. And I, I really enjoy the topic of numerology. And she was saying that 2020 is the sign of a very, very positive, Ooh. lucky year. So I love loved that. hearing her say that. And I remember she also talked about 2020 vision and the clarity yes. that it would bring. And I was like, hallelujah. I, 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 agree. Agree. I got so excited when she was talking about the new year and what that meant. And uh, so just when I say 2020 now, it's like I can't help but get excited. Right. Goosebumps. Goosebumps, yes. I mean, there's a difference between 2019 and 2020 is starting a new decade. So right. when we say fresh start, we really mean fresh start for 2020. <laughs> and so Agreed. often I think we look at life like, oh, I'll start again right. when fill yes. in the blank. Yes. But there's this opportunity that we really do have, I think that we don't necessarily take advantage of, to start again at any moment. Mm -hmm. And symbolically, having a new decade, mm -hmm. like you'd said, mm -hmm. and uh -huh. a new year gives us the opportunity to really take that to heart and yes. say, what could I change? What do I want to change? I love that. I agree with you. And, you know, and just like you said, I, I hate to use the word procrastinate, but mm -hmm. I feel like we do that when sometimes when we say to ourselves or say out loud, write down, I'm going to start taking better care of myself. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start learning how to do this or that. But we really don't give ourselves a timeline or a date. Right. or a, mm -hmm. we, I think that that's something we could all decide to do for ourselves. I think sometimes it year. happens not through any malintent on our part. True. It's not like we're, right. we're 
doing it because of some shortcoming, but rather I think there's this myth that I've got all the time in the world. Right. And I'm just going to launch in, you know, <laughs> heavy here. But over the past calendar year, I've lost five people oh, that are the closest so to me, including my sorry. mother, and it was totally <gasps> unexpected. I'm and so one sorry. of the things, thank you, thank you. I'm, I w- was like not taking a moment to, to hear that, thinking, oh, I'm going to burst into tears. But I, I, what it's really brought home is nothing is guaranteed. That's right. right. There really is now, and someday is a is a myth. I think we're programmed, again, through no fault of our own to live for someday. You know, when I'm fit enough, I'll go to the gym. It's, right. it's, it's so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. When I have the right home or the right mate or the right clothes or the right pedigree or the right education, then I'll take action. But I think the phenomenon that we're seeing now occur is that the people who are catching our eye, the public's eye, are people who aren't polished up and and Mm -hmm. perfect. It's Mm -hmm. people who are just taking action. I think the action supersedes all. It trumps everything. So if we could just vow by first becoming aware that tomorrow isn't guaranteed, Mm -hmm. to, to take action now on the things that matter most. I think we'd be so well served in this year and in this decade. You are so right. And first of all, let me say again, I'm so sorry. To lose even one important person in your life is devastating. But you've lost five close people in your life. That's my sad. I'm so sorry. Grandmother, my mother, my, and then two dear friends who were role models and and another two two, four, six, that's actually six. I don't even, it's like, it, it's all oh. at this point doesn't compute. And I, I don't mean to make that about me. You know, each of them has their own families. But I think wherever we are in mm-hmm. life, there's an opportunity to reflect mm-hmm. and to awaken. Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. use that. I agree. And I agree. There's, you know, mm-hmm. as much as it's like right now, okay, 2019, don't let the door hit you and the <laughs> way out. <laughs> yes. this- I agree though. I agree. And I'm sorry that you've experienced those losses. And uh, I thank you also for telling us about your experience because it helps all of us listening. We've all lost someone important, I know. Everyone out there listening to us right now, I'm saying all this because I want you to know that I think you're so right. It allows us all to reflect on our own life and realize nothing is guaranteed. I think that's another very good reason why we're doing this podcast today. It's to reflect on our own life and what we need to change it in this new year and what we need to do to have the best life we can have. Everything we've gone through helps us to reflect on what we want and helps us plan on what we want starting today for the rest of our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. You put that so beautifully. It can either build us or we can let it take us down. That's right. right. And I think that's in the thick of it. It's not always easy to remember that, but I think taking an opportunity mm-hmm. like this to reflect intentionally mm-hmm. lets us turn those those challenges into a springboard. So. Yes, yes. 
beautiful conversation today. (laughs) Well, you said that so well. And I think the fallacy being that we have to celebrate these huge milestone victories as opposed to small steps, right? And I think in organizing and in tackling things, it's always breaking it down so that you accomplish it. So I like to write, you know, I'm a to-do person on a notepad and I feel like I like checking it off every day. And if if that rolls over to the next day, okay, maybe fine. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if it rolls over for a week, then you need to break that task down. I feel like it's just, it's not palatable. You don't Mm -hmm. feel, you get frustrated. But then also if you do fall, it's another day and you keep going as opposed to starting the clock at zero. And I think that's maybe the fallacy is that Mm -hmm. you baby steps. I mean, you have to learn to walk before you can run. And I think we sometimes forget that. That's so true. It's kind of funny because just before you said that, I almost said, I, I feel like I want to give our listeners time to run and grab a pad and a pencil <laughs> Such a good to idea. take notes, <laughs> even though they can listen to right. this over and over. But I feel like, yes, that's what we're going to do today is give such great thoughts of our own that it's going to change someone's life. I, I really feel that we're going to make a, a big difference in a lot of people's lives today. And uh, it takes me back to, as I sit here, I'm looking at the sign that's on the wall Uh, of the title of this podcast. Mm -hmm. It says, I've got a secret with Robin McGraw. And of course, you hear everyone knows that when they tune in or look for the podcast. Uh, But I want to say a little bit about why I named this podcast, I've Got a Secret. I said to Philip, and when he suggested I even do a podcast, I said, okay, but hmm, what would I want to share on my podcast? And then I realized I want to have someone come sit with me and share their secrets Mm -hmm. that they have that they don't even know they have that will actually change someone else's life. Because as I reflected on the whole idea of this podcast, I thought about, wow, I have so many things I want to share that my mother taught me, that my grandmother taught me, that my sisters, my twin brother, family, my experience in life, just whatever I can that might help someone else. And that's what I feel like we're really doing today. This is the true reason I created this podcast was so that we can share what we know and what we live with mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. And I really believe we're going to be doing that today. So let's continue. I'm like bursting inside with excitement at what the two of you have to offer for all of our listeners today. And I think I'm just going to put some questions out there and both of you okay. in the beginning, both of you just feel free to jump in and, and answer in, in either way. So what are some of the small, simple changes everyone can make to put their best foot forward? And I think, again, this question can apply to both of you. Shall I start? Sure. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I thought about, you know, as I think about that question, I think, you know, it's to get organized. And Mm -hmm. then I thought, well, is that a simple task? And then my answer is, it can be. And just like anything else, organization, its it can be a muscle and it's something that you can learn to flex. And it's something, you know, you might not be born organized. You might say, I'm not an organized person, but you can learn organization. And I think it starts with, you know, for me in the closet, it's designing it so that you can see everything, that everything has its place. You know, we wonder why kids are disorganized adults and Mm -hmm. they were in a closet that they couldn't reach. They didn't know where to put their shoes and they couldn't reach their clothing. So So they didn't know where to put their dirty clothes. So on the floor it went. 
So, you know, for me, it's carrying that through, you know, and making sure that organization is broken down so that in closets that I design, we have hampers with liners. So it's, you know, if you pull something out and it needs altering or it's got a stain, it immediately goes into this liner so that you take action. You don't just pop it back in and then you forget about it. And if it doesn't fit, you take action so that you know, the spring cleaning and the organization isn't this massive yearly, once a year daunting task, but that you really break it down. And I think, you know, I think also too, preparing, preparing in life, giving yourself enough time, showing up on time ahead of time, right? So you can sit in your car if you're 15 minutes early and just calm the mind, set your intentions and go into that meeting versus arriving late, being scattered, you forgot Mm -hmm. something and it just sort of- (sighs) messes you up. That is so true. And as you were saying that, I'm sitting here (laughs) thinking how just this week, I have been trying to wake up a little earlier Mm -hmm. so that I can get to the studio Uh and have a little extra time because I feel so hurried once I get there because we start at a set time. Right. And I find myself this week not using the extra time in the morning Mm -hmm. to my advantage. I'm still hurried when I get to the studio. I'm, <laughs> I'm using the time up at home, not at the studio, in mm-hmm. other words. And and I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm getting less sleep and not any extra time uh-huh. like I'd planned. Right. So you just you just kind of brought that full circle for me, like thinking, I'm not planning my extra time well in the morning. Right. I'm not sure what it is. And I don't want to sit here and say, you know, I've, I'm so perfect and I get to places oh, no, but, on time. But you're and yet, right. But it is if you plan it the night before and you've got a closet that makes you feel like you want to go in the space mm-hmm. and to be able to, you're in there in the morning, you're in there probably at night. It sets the tone for how you sleep. But if you can plan your outfit the night before, that saves you time in the morning. If you can you know, set up your work bag the night before, you can enjoy a cup of coffee and sort of maybe start to relax and Mm -hmm. not be so hurried. So hopefully that that will help some people. I think you're right. I think I'm going to have to look at my routine and see where I'm wasting that extra time (laughs) I'm giving myself. So yes, I have to get organized with my time. Mm -hmm. And uh, And the things you brought up about, it's just symbolically so brilliant about why somebody might have clutter now right. or a messy closet now because they couldn't reach things or automatically yes. threw them on the floor, didn't have a place for them as a child. Uh-huh. And I, I really love it, the, the symbolism. It's so powerful. I think that as we look at making forward progress, whether it's to your question about how do we take those small steps or looking at how do I orchestrate a new year and mm-hmm. a new decade, mm-hmm. I like to look at those things, very similar to Mm -hmm. what you brought up, that are creating drag on us, Mm -hmm. that are keeping us from being fully present, that are keeping us stuck in the past, Mm -hmm. mired in some past ways of being, ways of thinking, Mm -hmm. ways of then operating. And I think that before we can intentionally create the steps to move forward, I think a house cleaning... Mm -hmm. That's back to the metaphorical house cleaning, right? Really looking to take stock and see where is it, what's stealing my attention? Mm -hmm. What's stealing my focus? What are the pieces that are still where there's no closure or completion, Mm -hmm. where there's something that's creating drag? Mm -hmm. And then go through and see, are these 
are are these things I want to take into a new new decade? Yes. Like back to the mm-hmm. list making point. What could I if if I were to say what are the top five things that are creating that are keeping me from what I want most? Creating drag, creating some sort of impediment to me fulfilling the things I mm-hmm. want most. And then look to see what would bring completion to those items. I think if we can complete all the stuff we're dragging mm-hmm. around from the past that shows up in like having a messy closet, a mm-hmm. clutter, or wasting time and not knowing why. Yes. Mm-hmm. On to bigger things like never quite starting the company that we want or never getting into the relationship that we think that we're worthy of. If we can go through and take stock. Yes. And see what is it, where did that come from? We can each do that detective work and mm-hmm. unpack that ourselves. But then we can truly enter this new decade clean. That's right. So important. It really is, right? There's such right. an opportunity. And that allows us to press that reset button. That's right. And start and, all over again. And, tell, and we, we must start all of this with the thought that we deserve it. We deserve this. 100%. And maybe some of those things that are creating drag or resistance is the thought that we don't. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, somebody has a thought like, well, I'm not sure if I'm worthy, or Mm -hmm. I was uh, speaking with a client this morning who said, I'm feeling real imposter syndrome. I'm in a role bigger than I've ever done before. I don't think I'm quite up to it. People are starting to ask for my opinion. I don't have an opinion about this yet. (laughs) I haven't been here long enough. There's a way to, to... get to the bottom of that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. What? Where mm-hmm. was my throwing clothes on the floor right, or right. not being able to reach the cabinet? Because we can reverse engineer that pretty mm-hmm. quickly if mm-hmm. we get to the source of it. It's so true. It's almost like what Philip will call a fixed belief we mm-hmm. have in our mind, a tape we play. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Someone has said something to us in our lifetime that we believed and we shouldn't have. Right. You're not smart enough. You're not worthy of that. Or you you have always been this way or been that way. And we all have to stop and think about who said it and what they say right. to you that has made you believe that your entire life. What is it that you are saying to yourself that keeps you from having or doing in life what it is you want? It's interesting you say that. And I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, wow, that's clutter in the mind, yes, right? This right? stress, you've got yes. to get rid of the clutter, like we said, figuratively, literally, mm-hmm. but that's clutter in the mind and mm-hmm. figuring out how to let that go. Because, you know, once you let that go, I feel like that unnecessary clutter, the thinking, uh-huh. you know, you can just be so much more productive, so much more that's efficient. Right. You enter the world, you know, just empowered and mm-hmm. Effective. And that's right. And most people might say, oh, that that's you make that sound so easy and it's really not right. that easy. How do I convince myself that whatever was said to me is not true because I've believed it my whole life? Mm-hmm. That's just part of the steps. I believe that's part of decluttering your mind and your fixed beliefs of yourself. That's part of it. You have to identify it and then pretty much have a conversation with yourself. Why is it that I let that one person tell me that or say that to me? And I believed it. Why? That's just part of it. There's a practice I like to do, belief stacking. You know, we've hung on to some lame thing from the past that somebody said and made that a core belief, but we can counteract it with intentionally belief stacking. And I mean by stack, I mean like literally write out a list of them. Why that's false 
and why the converse is in fact true. Mm-hmm. And at first, sometimes it, we find that it's that it's alien to us. Well, I've believed for so long, fill in the blank. I'm not worthy of whatever it is. And so here's then the reasons why that's a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's a total hooey. And on the other side, why I'm worthy of yes. the promotion or the marriage or the mm-hmm. new home or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as that, and then reading it daily starts to reprogram our our automatic thinking. Because it's the automaticity that gets us stuck. Our brain's used to going down those neural mm-hmm. pathways for so mm-hmm. long, we believe we're not worthy. Mm-hmm. And we can reprogram it any, at any time. That's if right. brain science has proven one thing, it's neuroplasticity is the way. So I agree. I completely agree. We have the right to control our thoughts and right. our beliefs. And, and it, this and is what it I feel. really is possible. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at great thinkers all along, like Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, yes. who after his whole family was assassinated in the Holocaust said, the last of, I'm going to paraphrase, forgive me, <laughs> the last of one's freedom, freedoms is to choose one's own direction. That's right. And one's own response. And it's, you are so right. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny you bring that up. That's one of Philip's favorite books and, and now mine after all these years of uh, being with Philip. I love that book and, and the meaning of it behind it, Man's Search for Meaning. I'm going to stop just a little break right here and, and introduce something that we do on every podcast, and that is we have a drink of the day. And so I'm going to bring have the girls bring that out. Today, we're having an Aperol spritz. It's two ounces of Prosecco, one and a quarter ounce Aperol, and a splash of soda water. So you just build it into the glass over ice, garnish with an orange wedge, and enjoy. So we're going to bring that out today, and we'll... Have that and continue Fun. our discussion. <laughs> and for those of you listening, if you want to see the drink of the day and the, have the recipe, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's cute. <laughs> oh, for you listeners that maybe didn't hear that, as we paused for a second, we heard the pop from the bottle of Prosecco. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. How would you each suggest we set goals at an attainable level? Because we've kind of been touching on this anyway, but I want the listeners to be able to know and and feel that they can attain their goals for the new year. And and I believe that you just said baby steps are so important. Mm -hmm. And uh, not always, but I think here 
baby steps would apply. Don't you agree? I would. I would say for, you know, I mean, anything attainable, I think is just knowing yourself too. I think reflecting and knowing yourself. And for me, it's the baby steps. It's the palatable parts. Um, And then I think being accountable. So whether that means having a trusted source of friends, girlfriends that can come in and tell you the honest truth, can tell you, get rid of that or knows you, you know, so well. Um, I think hiring professionals, hiring coaches that can help, you know, but a trusted circle so that they'll keep you accountable, I think is important. I think I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think some kind of accountability structure Mm -hmm. and it has to, like you'd said, be inside of the context of knowing yourself. If Mm -hmm. you will go sideways, if you have to do something five days in a row or six days in a row, then know that. So you set yourself up to win in advance. But Mm -hmm. in terms of accountability, yes, uh, coaches, mentors, a close circle of people, you might, uh, what I oftentimes recommend is people who are interested in a similar goal. Mm -hmm. So you're each on a similar sympathetic path and you can continue to make progress on that. Uh, There's two things in in terms of an accountability structure that I find really helpful, consequences and rewards. Mm -hmm. And it's to incentivize ourselves to do what we say. Mm -hmm. So the consequence oftentimes is misunderstood as punish yourself if you don't (laughs) do it. But I don't mean punitive, but something that's odious enough (laughs) to make you go, heck no, I'm not doing No way. I have to go do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym four days mm-hmm. this week or write on my book a thousand words a day or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And if I don't, I will pay this penalty. Right. And it can be cash. There are websites out there that people use to do that. But if you've created a little circle around yourself, you can make your promise to others in the circle mm-hmm. and say something like, I will give X amount of money. It has to hurt whatever the consequence is. To, for example, a cause that I yes. absolutely hate, that it would it would make me go, no, <laughs> it they're not you. getting yeah. one dollar of my money. <laughs> and so giving money to a cause that is completely counter to everything you believe in, there's something. Uh, I had a client once who wanted to stop smoking, and she told her niece who was at driving age and couldn't afford a car that oh. every time she smoked she was going to give her $200 towards her car. (gasps) Wonderful. And so her niece came over, like they weren't partners on the same team, but her niece would come over and sit in her car and smell her clothes and smell her hair and go, Auntie, you've been smoking. Uh, No, I was at a campfire. There's no campfires in Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay, busted. Here's $200. And by the time she finally had given her, it was $1,200 or something. She thought... This is crazy. And yes. she's, it's been three years since she stopped smoking. So consequences Bravo. are uh-huh. very effective. Yes. And then rewards. It's a way to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. plan something in advance, what you will do once you've accomplished those things. They're super simple, but I've just found them so effective for incentivizing us to do the things we already want to do anyway. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a great idea for the uh, punishment and the reward. And I say punishment because I love that. <laughs> I really love that. I, I have to say, I really love writing lists, making mm-hmm. the list and uh, every day or uh, journaling. So right now, when you were saying that, I'm thinking, okay, well, a punishment of mine would be I can't journal for a week if I don't do it. Oh. So that would be a punishment of mine that You're I cannot. already making it your own. Yes. See? Now yes. remember, it's not meant to be punitive because if we make it a punishment, then something 
inside of us can often rebel. Like, you can't touch me anymore. I'm not doing that. True. But if it's just a consequence, like, yes, I've got a consequence to my action. Yes. I didn't do this. Therefore, I'm going to do that. Or I did, like, in the case of my client, I did smoke. Therefore, the consequence is I have to pay $200. Yes. It's a silly thing. Like, you may say that's semantics, but. No, but you're right. We tend not to rebel to a consequence like we do to a punishment. Punishment. You're so right. And words are so powerful that. Saying punishment is so negative, but saying consequence, it really sounds more of a positive. There's a cause and effect. Yes. Versus like pulling up that impudent little child part of our, you can't make me. And then we (laughs) blow them off every day in a row. And like, wait, something's going off the rails. I don't know what happened. I want a journal, I'm going to have an argument with myself. That's why we'd be doing like, 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 I've got a journal whether you like it or not. But you're right. Saying consequence is, is a positive. It's a different, it's a, we get that there's a, a, a cause and an effect mm-hmm. and there's a cause to, uh, to the cause, my actions, right. there's some effect. It's either going to lead me closer to the goal line mm-hmm. of what I mm-hmm. really ultimately mm-hmm. want that's or it's right. going to take me further away. It's just basic mathematics, that's, right? That's so true. And the prize would be, I get to have my closet organized. I get to have my kitchen drawers organized because I know that you have on your website a lot of goodies. I'm doing air quotes, (laughs) goodies that you sell that helps with organizing your home, uh, every room in your home, actually. It does. And I think, you know, my philosophy, I think for the for the business, for life is, you know, that you see everything and that everything is, has its place. So when I say organized, IE has this place, you know, that you walk into a room and I'm quickly scanning and I know where everything is so that, you know, ultimately you're saving time. So I don't want to have to open up a drawer and it's stacked from bottom to top and Mm -hmm. you have no idea what's on the bottom. So just, you know, filing it from front to back or doing it in a way where you open the drawer and you can see everything that stacks aren't too high. So you come into the closet. And you really, if you can't see it, you won't wear it, right? right. I mean, we we keep hearing that, but it's so true. And I think in life as well. So, you know, really making steps and those, you know, tools can help. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Mm -hmm. these dividers or boot trees Mm -hmm. or, you know, drawer filers, like all of that is meant to just help you. So in the morning, in the night, you open up a drawer, you come into the closet, it's fun. So it's functional. It's holding Mm -hmm. our clothing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're doing a lot of prepping and planning and setting the tone for the day and planning for trips. And it's a lot of time in the closet. Yes. Um, so yes. being organized and, and making it fun. So yes. having girlfriends come over and help you with that process uh, can also help keep you accountable. Because that. that's one of the things that I find to be uh, fun and just, I love to organize and clean out my closets and in the kitchen, Philip will come in and say, what'd you do today? And I'll say, oh, and he goes, go through the house and touch all your things. I'm like, yes, pick a room. Then I just stay in it all day organizing the drawers in the room or the closets like you just mentioned. And uh, it's very relaxing to me to just get in there and... Do you feel relaxed during the process or after? The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Love it. The whole time. I love it. And can I just go back right quick and say your boot trees are amazing. Have you seen the boot trees? I have not. (laughs) That it was like Christmas when I found those. Oh my goodness! So to be able to hang your boots, so uh, the idea that you see everything, and so usually boots are just tossed over, folded over, and they take up a lot of room if you want to put them in in the shelf or in the. So these boot trees go into the boot and then they hang so that you can see them all. They're amazing. Your theory about being able to see everything Mm -hmm. simplifies Mm -hmm. it. 
And mm-hmm. like, if you can't see it, you won't wear it. It's It applies right. to everything in life, doesn't right. it? It's just everything. brilliant. That's right. You know, in my bathroom, I have a little area. I have the bathroom, and then I have my closet. And it's kind of the little passageway through that connects both. And uh, it was there when we bought the home. And it has the vanity there for cosmetics and stuff for me to put my makeup on. And you sit there at the little counter, and both sides have shelves, and they had doors on them. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to swing out the doors to open to get in. And they weren't very deep at all, just maybe six inches. And of course, that's where you store all your cosmetics and such. Well, I had those doors taken off and then put glass shelving in there because I didn't want to waste my time opening the doors and swinging them out and getting them (laughs) open and closed all the time. And I just exposed the whole, both sides of the vanity so I could just go right to the cosmetics and the brushes and everything that I use sitting there. And it made such a difference in time right there. Doesn't it? We did this fun little study on my blog closet file where it was taking people's personalities because, you know, in the closet are sort of what's better is closet doors or no closet doors? Uh Are they mirrored? Are they glass doors? What type of person are you? And it was just so fun. You know, there's, you know, maybe type A or a visual person, you know, no doors, right? Or somebody that has a memory. And so they can't have doors because they know everything behind the doors. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just knowing those things about yourself as well can be so valuable. And for Robin, like she didn't want the doors. Like I just want to see everything as soon as I enter the room. But And I wanted it to look nice too. So I took out the wooden shelves Uh that were in there and put, like I said, the glass. And then I mirrored the back of it. And I have these beautiful set of glassware. And they're like cocktail glasses. I think they're called on the rocks glasses. And we never used them. I have actually amber and a smoke color in them. And I took all the amber ones upstairs and put all my brushes and such in them. And so now it just really looks so pretty. And before, everything was hidden back there. I couldn't see it. Uh And now I use those beautiful glasses. (laughs) Sounds beautiful. In a, in a it's fun amazing way. how yeah. our environment calls us forth. Yes. And whether that's the physical environment or those things that are around us that, that are incomplete mm-hmm. or there where there's no closure. Mm-hmm. If you walk into a room, you know, over the holidays or times when you might see others that you don't normally interact mm-hmm. with. And there's things that have been hidden. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, yes. bringing the, the theme around, right? Things that have been hidden that have not been looked at that where we've not brought things to light or out in the open. It's amazing how it changes who we're being in the moment Uh versus everything's brought out into the open, everything's expressed or said that needs to be said. There's completion and closure and all those things. Then there's enables us and those around us to just be, be Mm -hmm. present, be Mm -hmm. our best. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's, It's like the taking the closet doors off. It's mm-hmm. taking everything out of what's hidden. This I, conversation is so brilliant that you put uh, us together is just... I, <laughs> my mind is I agree. I, I, that's so true. And I've been looking so forward to this day, like I said earlier, because I just knew that the three of us together would be able to make such perfect points mm-hmm. of the conversation, like contribute such right. fun I mean, I'm still thinking about you taking off the doors. I feel like even the listeners, I mean, we talk about little tips or simple things that people Mm -hmm. can do. And Mm -hmm. it's just thinking about that to do. And you might not be using those on the rock glasses. You might not be using the china. And it's just there. Use it all, right? That's right. I'm that type too. I have to, I can't have something beautiful and not use it. But Uh I knew I would never use those. So now I get to see them every day. They're just gorgeous. I love that. 
it actually made the little area where I, my vanity area seem larger mm-hmm. by putting the mirror, mirror in the back of the right. space and the glass shelves and getting to see all of that every day. It doesn't look cluttered. It, mm-hmm. To me, it looks beautiful right. because the glass Sounds is and such. Sounds beautiful. Thank and you. using the good things now, it's like there really using is no the more living for yes, someday. That's right. One of the things that my mom did that I just so admired, she had gotten a great set of sterling for her wedding, which uh-huh. was when my parents got married a thousand years ago. Yeah. And she started using it every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, well, mom, I remember asking some idiotic question, like, isn't it going to get tarnished? And she says, so? Yeah, mm-hmm. It's pretty tarnished. <laughs> it's like it has been sitting in the break front or the uh-huh. armoire. It's been sitting there for a couple of decades. Why? It hit me one day. I'm waiting to pull it out on Christmas Day. Yes. Yes. I agree. Oh, I agree. Isn't I that use the everything. Yes. we do? It I mean, really we're saving things for something. And... Yeah. Something right. in the future. And like you said, we don't know how long we have. Use it and use That's it right. well. That's exactly and, right. That's beautiful. And it, when you see it and you see it every day, it makes you smile. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so true. And <laughs> That's why beautiful when glasses. Says, you walk to the house and touch all of your things. He really <laughs> means it because he knows how much pleasure I get yeah. from moving things around. Like I will go in to my kitchen and I love moving things around in there. Like you might want to Come to my home one day, the first day of every month, you will never see the same thing in my kitchen. You may see the same thing, but it's not going to be in the same spot because I love touching everything and moving it around and enjoying it in a different way in the house because I just love using everything. I'll just bring it down out of the cabinet or out of another room and put it in there and I get to see it again. That's so great that you do that. And I think a reminder that we are so adaptable in the sense that, you know, we, we might inherit a closet and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't move the shelves. We just move into this closet yes. and you don't even think of, you don't think twice and yet doesn't fit your needs. It wasn't meant for you. It wasn't designed for you, but you moved into this closet, mm-hmm. but it's reminding, you know, the listeners that you can move shelves, That's you right. can move rods, you can, you know, really design it for yourself and move things around and not be afraid to do that. And I think we forget we can do that. Yes. That's right. That's right. You know, when I was talking about taking the doors off my vanity just now, I remembered when our youngest son was coming, Jordan, my doctor had just started doing ultrasounds and they were not very clear. So it, this was something brand new. And he was convinced I was having a little girl. And uh, we told everyone and we everyone thought it was Jordan was going to be a little girl. And when I was preparing the nursery for the little girl, I really did have like a, a feminine theme. Of course, I had, did it all over when I delivered a little boy. <laughs> but uh, when I was doing the nursery, I just remembered I took off the doors in the bedroom. We lived in a really old home at the time, and it was so cute. And then I on the outside of the door frame, I scrunched up fabric lace and put a lace trim all the way around the so closet creative. opening. It was so, so creative. cute. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, baby's clothes are just precious. Mm-hmm. I stacked all of her at the time then it was his <laughs> <laughs> clothes in there and, and hung the little clothes on the rod with, you know, the baby hangers or whatever. So, and I just remembered that talking about yeah. this, taking the doors off. Taking the doors off. Yeah. That's our theme. Yes. We're going to take the doors off to our life and get a whole fresh look. It's interesting. You were speaking about like inheriting something, a Mm -hmm. closet, Mm -hmm. for example, and then just making it our own without any thought to it. We're so resilient. We're so adaptable. 
And yet I think somehow that can be to our detriment mm -hmm. sometimes because we can tolerate an immense amount of unworkability, of things that aren't our favorite. It takes real conscious intention to live a life by design. Like you're talking about mm -hmm. loving going in and mm -hmm. intentionally setting things up exactly the way you want, which en enables you to be present and in the moment and loving your environment. Yes, yes. Oh, I love this. Okay, so another thing that we always do on my podcast is play a game. So, do y'all like playing games? I do. I love playing games. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Do I'm you? Like, ah. Well, well I like, do it right. Yeah. Right. There's if little I'm things dragging it. around from the past. Mm. <laughs> I'm very competitive, but I won't be on with this. <laughs> okay, so the name of this game is New Year Reflections. The start of a new year is the perfect time to reflect and celebrate the possibilities of the year ahead. Each person will draw a slip of paper from the bowl and answer the prompt. So we've drawn one. Who wants to go first, Lisa or Cheryl? Cheryl? What or whom are you thankful for? Oh, oh. goodness. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very thankful for the adversity that I've faced. Kind of ready for it to abate now, <laughs> but there's something undeniable about who we become on the other side. And as much as I remember as a, as a teenager, once I was free after being kidnapped, I'd said, I want, my prayer used to be, I want an uneventful life. God, please give me an uneventful life. Mm. And somewhere along the line, it hit me that if I was praying for an uneventful life, what's the point? Everything good that had ever occurred was an event. And it's not that I want or even wanted an uneventful life. I want it become who I'd be by going through the events, good and bad. And because it's, it's very much like you'd said at the beginning, Robin, about giving away our journey and giving away what it is that we've taken away from, from all the things we've learned. And mm -hmm. I think that's at the, at the core of the human experience. I think we just want to make, each one of us just wants to make life better for those around us. And it's, Interesting. After uh, I started doing my work of helping people really overcome adversity, after I was set free as a, as a teenager, I thought, I can't be the first person who's ever dealt with something that they didn't want, and other people don't know how to get over it. I had codified my journey out of hell, and I'm going to give it away. And I've been teaching that for a couple of decades now, and I've just decided recently that really what I want to do, it's great that I've been able to do that, but I want to help people who want to do just what you were speaking about, people who want to give their message and story away to the world, empower those people to mm. do just that. Mm. So I'm changing directions, and I realize that the heart of the ability to do all of that for me to give my story and, and message away and others is we've endured some adversity. And I think I'm, I'm really taking to heart that old adage about God doesn't give us anything that oh, we can't handle. Yes. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. I think that we've all come together today for a reason. It really is perfect, perfectly paired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I probably say that at least once a day, God never gives us more than we can handle. 
Oh, you're kidding. I probably say that at least mm. once a day. Wow. So profound. Okay. Very good. Thank you. you want to go next? Sure. Okay. So mine says, one thing you hope to accomplish in 2020. Oh. And... You know, what I want to do is to, in 2020, I want my mom to live her best life. Oh. And so that is going to be my intention and my goal. Um, you know, we've sort of come far. I'm from Hawaii, um, raised by maybe what some would say would be a tiger mom. Oh. Um, girls don't play basketball, straight A's. You need to practice the piano two hours a day. So it was intense. Wow. And that doesn't leave a lot of time for bonding with your mother. Mm-hmm. And so it was just go, 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 do, do, do. And, you know, we've, you know, she maybe a few years ago came and watched me play basketball. I like to do that in my spare time, believe it or not. And it was really for her to come full circle and to, you know, girls do play basketball. Girls can do a lot of things. And it was, she just didn't know that, you know, she was born and raised by, you know, parents that... That, that was what she knew. Right. She only knew what oh, she knew. And yeah. now as an adult, I understand that. But it was tricky growing up and you felt like, wow, you are so intense. <laughs> um, but she did everything for me. She did everything because of me. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was able to, whether it was just sheer resilience or, you know, I was, but she sort of gave me that path and gave the love and mm-hmm. I just want to make, I want her to live her best <sighs> life. I feel so grateful that I've been giving, given so many opportunities mm-hmm. to do wonderful things and to travel and to do things. And she lives in Hawaii and I want her to just have the best year, have, have the best time. life, to be able to say, oh my gosh, I'm living. <gasps> I yes. love that. Isn't that extraordinary? Oh, I love that. You are How are you going to do that? Are you going to bring her over you here know, to be with you or are you going to... All of it. Just... I think even in a condo she's living in and I oh. think about how she doesn't move furniture and I think, you know, knowing what I do, why am I not doing that? Why am I not just rearranging for her and doing yes. things and redoing her whole place for her and just oh. using what I know to help her? And oh. so I think it's going to start there and That's I think beautiful. just thank you. I'm very happy for you and I'm very thank happy for you. her. <laughs> okay, so my question says... An achievement you're most proud of. Oof. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? Now, when this airs, it won't be, but today is my daughter-in-law's birthday. And I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of the relationship I have with her. Mm. And really, that's an achievement for me that I get to wake up every day and acknowledge that Erica Mm. is my daughter-in-law the mother of my grandchildren, the wife of my son. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Your love. What a gift for the whole family to Thank live you. inside of that Thank love. You. So we're, we're all drawing another question. Oh, wow. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Cheryl? I'm thinking, what do you hope to learn in 2020? Wow. <sighs> I was going to say, I hope to learn patience. But then I thought, oh, will I be tested by some kind of horrible? You must wait in molasses that's frozen for a long, long time. I'm like, oh boy, no, I don't know if I necessarily want to learn that. Um, I think there's levels of listening. And I'd like to learn a different level of listening to really hear Mm -hmm. people's hearts, no matter Mm. what's being expressed. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful answer. 
I'm going to steal it. No. Please steal freely. Yes. No, but that's beautiful. It is yours. Mm -hmm. I love that answer. Should I go? Yes. In 2020, I'd like to be better at fill in the blank. Maybe not being quite a Capricorn. (laughs) Can I say that? I'm a Capricorn. Oh, I do. So, you know, and I'm very much a Capricorn and very (laughs) structured and regimented. And I think there are other muscles to flex. And I think in 2020, maybe, you know, whether it's flexibility, Mm. it's the other signs I can take lessons at. I love that. That is a good idea as well. I'm a Capricorn. You are. That's amazing. When is your birthday? Uh, December 28th. (gasps) Mine is too. What? (laughs) We share the same birthday. I love that. (gasps) I have chills. What? This is the first time anyone has ever answered (laughs) with my my same birthday. I have a twin brother, but. But you've been saying things like as we've been going along and I think, wow, I do that. I do that. That is so funny. Yes, I'm really into. That's amazing. Numerology, horoscopes, that kind of thing. I love it. (laughs) That is fun. When is your birthday? July 18th. July so we're 18th. opposite signs, opposite, Cancer and yeah. Capricorn. Which is very simpatico. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So my question I drew is, a bad habit you'd like to leave in 2019. Mm. Oh, I think it's going to be interrupting. I'm really bad at interrupting people. I am. And I I hate it that I do it. You know, I just jump in there and so I'm going to learn patience, I guess, too, and be better at listening and not interrupting. Oh, we have another question. Another oh. Ooh, you're excited first? about your yes. question. Please do. Okay. A new friend you made. That's what my, mine is. <laughs> and I remember I drew two because this was tucked inside the other one. So a new friend you made. I made two new friends today. <laughs> one with your birthday. Yeah. We have to say birthdays. Oh, fun. What are we doing this Would year? Would both of you be my new friend? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you remember being little and asking people, would you yes. be my friend? Yes. Do you want to play? Yes. You remember how you'd walk up to someone and say, do you want to play? Yes, to I made two new again. friends today. I've made so many friends since starting this podcast. True friends. It's been so wonderful. So 2019, yes, gave me a lot of great, oh. beautiful friends. Okay. Mine reads, what's the best thing you learned in 2019? Oh. The best thing I learned in 2019 is to accept what is. And not just accept what is, but find a way to embrace it. It's been a year unlike any other in any regard that of <laughs> loss and challenge and adversity. And it has been... Uh, I wasn't joking when I said, bye-bye, 2019. Don't let the door yeah. hit you on the way out. Yeah. It, it has been a lesson learning. It has been a, the, a year of the fire. And I'm at a place where I'm saying thank you. And even in the midst of it, I think the saving grace was I started saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Even when it was mm-hmm. utter hell, thank you, mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. for all of it. It doesn't look like a gift, but if there's one thing I've learned over the course of my life, it's that... Gifts don't present themselves with a bow. Oh, that's so true. <gasps> and so in the midst of hell, I'm going to say thank you now because I know what's happened in the past and how it's turned out to be the most profound gift. So thank you. The best thing I learned is to say thank you as it's occurring, to accept and embrace what is. Oh, that's a beautiful answer. Beautiful thank you. answer. Hmm. 
best advice you were given this year? Wow. Wow. I might have to come back to that China. Um, so it was my tailor who told me this. And we were just talking about, you know, I was looking, she was tailoring somebody who was wearing, you know, black, black, black. And I like color. I really do. Mm-hmm. And here I am with my bag of colorful clothes. And I thought, wow, like, should I dress more like that? Should I be wearing black every day? Like, it looks very tailored. She goes, no, it's kind of boring. You need oh, to be you, God. right? And I thought, okay. And then in the course of hemming whatever she was hemming for me, she said, and use your china. Like, use it. Don't save it. What How are you waiting fun. for? Are you waiting to have somebody put the china in your coffin? Right? And it was How the way she said it was so funny. And she said, when you order takeout, when you order Chinese food, put it on your china and use it in yes. good health. And yes. we, it was not a conversation I was expecting, you know, yes. or advice I was expecting to receive. And that happened this year. And I thought, Love it. use your things in good health. Use it all. If if you've bought it, if you were given it, there's a reason for it. Take care of it and just yes. use it in good health. It's so true. Right? I love that. Oh. I love both of your answers because they're really very profound. Gifts don't always come with a bow. And then what you just said as well, that you were standing there and never expected to get that kind right. of advice mm-hmm. where you were mm-hmm. from the from that person. Right. So always be ready. Always be ready. Yes. And that gifts don't always come with a bow. Is, it reminded me that when Philip and I were celebrating our, I believe, 41st wedding anniversary, I have this box. I call it a memory box at home in my closet. And it just holds everything he's ever written me. And so I went through that box and pulled little cards from the flowers he sent me when we'd been married six months. But I also wrote a list of phrases that he has said to me over the years and that I have said to him or that have become important to us. So I gathered 41 of them. And we have in our driveway, at the top of our driveway, a bush that's on the wall of Bougainvillea. And it's in shape of a heart. When it's blooming, it's all pink. It's just beautiful. And I stood in front of it with 41 different sized frames. And I kept thinking, well, what should I write? What should I put it? So I just created this phrase. And it said, saying I love you isn't always with three little words. And what you just said made me think of that. And then I signed, I love you. But anyway, it's true. Gifts don't always come with a bow, and saying I love you isn't always with three little words. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are so and always be ready. Creative. Always listen because you hear your best advice from someone you don't ever expect. An unexpected. Someone. Yes. We should all write a, a little coffee table book <laughs> with all of our favorite <laughs> quotes and such because I think today we've shared some beautiful sentiments. And mm-hmm. I do too. Okay, this is our last one. Okay, he's going first. I will. I'm just going to tear alert this one. Oh. This spoiler alert. Favorite family moment. <laughs> My mom was an absolute free spirit and just so forward and ahead of her time in so many ways. And she, we had gone to a family friend's funeral 15 years ago, something. And they were like... Uh, <sighs> There was a lot of crying and somebody was saying, no, no. And I could get it. But the man was 95 years old. God bless him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't a surprise. (laughs) He'd been deteriorating in health for a long time. God bless the family and the whole thing. But my mom said, 
when I pass and my time comes, I don't want you wailing over the casket. That's just, no. I want. I don't want people bemoaning the fact that I'm gone. I want you to dance. Aww. And so I told the story. And we put on Obladi Oblada. My mom was mm. a huge Beatles fan. <gasps> and we all got up. All the old ladies, all my grandma's friends, all everybody, and we danced at Aww. that service, and it was filled with light. Oh, that's And beautiful. I just made my mama proud. Oh, <laughs> We did beautiful. exactly what she said, and the pe- first people were like, say what? Like, I was joking, and I go, she wasn't joking. She made that crystal clear. And we all stood on our feet and danced the whole song, and it was really, truly jubilant. Thank you for the opportunity to share. <laughs> yeah. You made her very, very <laughs> proud. I mean, truly. Mm. <sighs> sorry, you lost your mother. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Okay. So mine is an unexpected obstacle you overcame. Yes. Wow. Many, many obstacles. <laughs> Hard to choose. Um, but maybe it was the roughest part was probably when I went to UC Berkeley for college. Oh. And so growing up in Hawaii, it, you know, it was pretty sheltered. I was on an island very small school, and then you're going to UC Berkeley. Oh, <laughs> so what a culture shock! I mean, shock on every level. And then it was, and you need to stay there because you can't come home for the summers because we need you to get residency. Um, so it was followed by getting robbed, getting mugged while jogging, oh, no. and calling and saying, "Can I come home now?" And parents saying, "No, you need to stay. You need to. This is good for you." Oh, I no. thought it was so cold and heartless oh, at the time, mm. and I didn't understand how they could not let me come back home. And you know, I wanted to just leave Berkeley and go to Hawaii, you yeah, know, yeah. and just not have to deal with this crazy place. And you know, it was the answer was no. And I think you know, a I wasn't. I you know, I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't just. I didn't have right. money. I couldn't just fly home. And, you know, it was really hard. I, yeah. I really was so sad and I didn't like this place and I was didn't feel safe. And, you know, at the same time, it was a great school and, you know, academically. So I feel like on that level and because I couldn't come home for the summers, I then accelerated it because I thought I'm just going to get this done as yes, fast as I right. can, <laughs> right, to, to yes. leave. But, I, you know, when I now look back or even, you know, a few years after that incident, it was, you know, just perseverance. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, whether they tried to teach me that in the moment or whatever it was, they didn't give me an option to come home. They didn't give me an option to quit. Uh-huh. And right. you know that w- that's a life lesson that I've carried with me mm-hmm. that I can you know my son I have him taking piano lessons and mm-hmm. you know my my mom now like uh, you know she was a drill sergeant when I was a kid now that she's got a grandson who plays the piano yeah. don't push him too hard he's fine <laughs> okay. and I'm like mom oh, do you not remember yes. um, but you know he was like I don't know if I love this and I said well you know you can quit if you really don't love it but you need to learn to read music first. Like that was sort of my hook, yeah. right? It was because I, I felt like, well, once you learn to read notes, you might love this. Yes. Um, and he's still playing. So oh, I, I feel like it. it was something that I learned and hopefully can pass along to my son. I love that. How yeah. old is he? He's 15. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Jordan took piano lessons. He started piano lessons uh, at the advice of his first grade teacher. Uh-huh. And she said, she thought that he was so good in math and that his brain really needed to be challenged. And so she suggested piano lessons. And 
I remember telling him and saying, would you like to learn to play the piano? And he goes, I, yeah, I, I really I really would. And I said, well, this is just going to be for fun. Oh. You get to pick the teacher. You get to, you don't have to wow. practice. Oh. So I went out at it uh-huh. a completely different uh-huh. route. And uh, all I ask for is that you learn me one Christmas carol. And he goes, oh, oh okay. And so every teacher that came, I don't like her. I don't like the sound of her voice. And then finally, I was playing tennis one day. Someone there was subbing for someone else, and I we I meet her, and she was telling us about herself, and then she had a son who was a jazz pianist. And I went, really? Wow. Does he give lessons? And she said, he doesn't professionally, but I could ask him. He shows up the next night, uh-huh. and I said, why don't you play something for Jordan, and let's see, let us see how, how you play. And he blew it away. He, like, wow. he sat down and played something, and I knew it was good. I She had already told us how beautifully he played, and so... I'm looking at Jordan thinking, yeah, this He goes, I want him. <laughs> and so he taught Jordan how to play. And But you know that Jordan was on that piano every day, oh. every day. I said, oh, you don't have to practice. Oh, I'm, I want to. And uh, Isn't that something? That today, was the best example of reverse psychology <laughs> yes, ever. Yes. That was brilliant. And after a week of taking lessons, just after a week, a week later, so he was in there playing, but that night he had a lesson, and the next week he had uh-huh. his lesson. At the end of that second lesson, they called me in there and said, he's ready to play you his Christmas carol. I went, what? Robin. And he got up and turned around and played Jingle Bells backwards. What? Oh. Yes, like this. I mean, there's something like, to be said about that, mm-hmm, right? right? I mean, no pressure, taking the pressure off. Taking the pressure you off. You know, you mm-hmm. can play, but, you know, set goals, right? Yeah. You learn the notes, then yeah. Yeah, if you don't like it, you That's can right. quit. And but your then, son is still playing. Yeah, still playing. Whereas for me, I was forced, and I won't even go near a piano. (gasps) Isn't that the way? (laughs) Well, that unfortunately brings us to the end of this episode, and I feel so motivated being around both of you. But before we go, I wanted to read some submissions from our secret squad. I asked on social media, what are your New Year's resolutions? Some great answers were, do more things for myself now that I'm getting older, more me time. Oh, I love that. A goal of becoming the best version of me possible and the 110% mindset that follows with it. Wake up 30 minutes earlier every day and write three things I'm grateful for in my gratitude journal. These are great, aren't Mm -hmm. they? They are. Focus on what I do have instead of what I don't. Yes. Well, I love that one and I love all of them. So positive and inspirational. Head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for behind-the-scenes extras and an opportunity to submit your secrets. And before we are completely finished for today, I would like for both of you to give our listeners your social handles because I always love to have you say them right now before we sign off and then our listeners don't have to even go to the computer and look for it. So we'll start with Cheryl and you can give us your... Thank you. On Instagram, I'm Hunter Cheryl, Twitter, Hunter Cheryl, and Facebook, Cheryl Hunter. Perfect. Can you spell Cheryl? Hunter, C-H-E-R-Y-L. Thank you. And for me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's at LA Closet Design, and my blog is closetfile.com. Wonderful. Okay, great. Well, so thank you all for listening and being here, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Well, we won't see you. You'll hear us. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.